is wonderful and great. God is in complete and total control. And we praise Him for all of His goodness. It is good to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We thank you for your presence, and we're honored that you're here. Let's go to God, please, together in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, most righteous, almighty God and King, King of kings and Lord of lords, the righteous one, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you. We thank you for this opportunity today to worship you, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we pray, O God, that you will guide us into all truth, that you will bless us as we worship you, you will touch our hearts and our minds, that you will strengthen our faith, that you will help our dedication, our commitment, our conviction to serve you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And remember Jesus, your great son, whom you so willingly set to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary. Thank you for your ultimate and amazing gift. And we thank you for this opportunity to worship you this day. These things we ask and pray and thank you for in that wonderful, magnificent, most awesome, holy and precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to be thy will. Amen. John chapter 1, please. Jesus, the Almighty God, our Messiah. The Bible makes it plain, the greatness of Jesus Christ. Not only the Almighty God, but the first and the last. And so in our worship, in our service to Him, we honor, we praise, we respect God. Jesus being 100% man and 100% God, even while on the face of the earth. And that that's a deity idea and thought that only God can explain. But in John chapter 1, we think of the word fullness, that all the fullness dwelt in Jesus Christ, even in bodily form. In verse 15, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth was realized through Jesus Christ. So of his fullness, verse uh, 16 says, for of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The word fullness. Go to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19. We get this idea, this understanding that there's something about Jesus that's uniquely different from all else. The fullness of deity, the fullness of the Godhead. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. All the fullness, the, the, the light, the grace, the truth, the creation, being the creator, uh, the firstborn, preexistence, the headship, the victory over death, first place in all things, divinity. God is divine. Jesus is divine. The fullness. Colossians 2 and verse 9. For in Him, in Jesus, 
All the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Fullness. Hebrews chapter 1, please. All the fullness dwells in Jesus. The fullness of what? Deity. And we have to study all that deity means and what that brings to us. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above all of thy companions. Theos, hotheos, hotheos. God, your God, your throne, O God, Jesus Christ, the almighty God. Verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the exactness. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 43. He is the exactness of deity for he is deity. He's a part of the Godhead. Deity. Isaiah chapter 43. God the Father is the Almighty God. Jesus Christ is the Almighty God. God the Holy Spirit is the Almighty God. That's the Godhead. Not to be separated, but but rather to remain together, united as one. But I want to look this morning at some texts that identify Jesus Christ as the Almighty God. And this really helps a lot when you're studying with people who say they believe in Jesus as a created being or they believe in Jesus as just another prophet. And you can show them these particular texts and you can prove to them through the scriptures that Jesus isn't just a prophet. Jesus was never created and Jesus is the almighty God. He is co-equal, co-substantial and co-eternal with the Father, the Godhead. That's what the Godhead is. It's all united God, God, God. That's what makes up the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Co-equal, co-substantial, and co-eternal. Let's look at some scriptures that specifically apply to Jesus and giving us an understanding of Jesus as God the Almighty. So we begin in Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord, your Creator, O Jacob, And he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in your place. The Savior, 
the Almighty God is the Savior. Verse 11, same chapter. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. How true that is of the Father. How true that is of the Son. Let's go to Peter for just a moment. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. And what I want to show you as we rehearse this is that scriptures in the Old Testament that sometimes sound like the Father speaking, oftentimes it's Jesus Christ. But what I want to show you is that those scriptures are applicable to Jesus Christ just as some of them will also be applicable to the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead. But let's understand that Jesus is Almighty, the mighty God. Second Peter 3 and verse 18. The Bible said there's no Savior besides me. Verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Jesus Christ, Acts chapter 4 please, is a Savior. He is the only Savior. He is the Savior of the world. He came to the earth. He lived. He died. That we might be saved. He shed His blood for us. The Bible says in Acts 4 and verse 12, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name given, uh, excuse me, other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. The name Jesus Christ. Turn back to Isaiah. Isaiah 45. Remember, Isaiah is a messianic prophet. He speaks often, most times, of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Isaiah 45 And the verse is 5. There the Bible says, I am the Lord. There's no other besides me. There is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord your God. Idolatry? Why would people fall into the trap of following idol gods? God is talking to Cyrus and he's, he's talking about the deliverance of Israel. But the idea, the thought behind this is Jesus Christ, our Savior, the almighty God and deliverer of all. Let's look at another scripture. Isaiah chapter 10. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all called the mighty God. And so regardless of where you look in the scriptures, whether you are looking in the Old Testament or the New Testament, and you think about the Almighty God, you can equally apply that to Father, to Son, and to the Holy Spirit. In this text, we're just thinking about Jesus Christ for just a moment in this lesson this morning. Isaiah 10 and the verse 20. The Bible says, Now it will come about in that day that the remnant of Israel and those of the house of Jacob who have escaped will never again rely on the one who struck them, but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return the remnant of Jacob to the mighty God. And so this remnant, right, is going to return the Father, the mighty God, the Son, the mighty God, the Holy Spirit, the mighty God, for the remnant will return to the God Head. But I want to look just for a moment in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and verse uh, 7. And listen, or we'll just look at verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty 
God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And the only way to make that applicable to Jesus Christ, as the scripture demands, is to understand the power and the greatness of Jesus Christ. What has happened in society is that mankind has uh, made Jesus Christ a little God, a demigod, if you will. And so Jesus Christ is at the bottom of the Godhead, and the Father's at the top, and that's nowhere found in Scripture. Although Jesus, the man, we know that, was below the angels, but that's while he was a man. But even while he was a man, he was 100% God and 100% man as well. Jeremiah, please, chapter 32. Jeremiah, chapter 32. We'll look at verse 17 and verse 18. The mighty God is a part of what makes the Godhead one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, or God, God, God. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Our Lord God, behold, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and by thine outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Who showed us loving kindness to thousands, repayest the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. O great and mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. Creator. Genesis chapter 1, please. Creator. You are the creator of the earth, the mighty God. Well, I want to show you the consistent flow of the scriptures. Scripture you know all all so well. Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And then verse 26, he says, Then let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The Creator, the Godhead. And what did Jesus say in John 10 and verse 30? I and the Father are one. The mighty God. This morning... When you think of reverence, let's turn to Revelation, please, chapter 1. When you think of reverence and reverencing God, do you think in your mind that there's God the Father at the top, there's God the Son at the very bottom, and you, know, you really haven't figured out where to put the Holy Spirit? Brother, that's a, an inaccurate view of the Godhead. The Godhead is God, 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 co-equal, co-substantial, and co-eternal. One God. One times one times one. One God. They're all the same. In the sense of power and greatness. But there's the Father. And there is the Son. Different active roles in relationship to uh, to the world. But I want you to think about Jesus. The mighty God. Revelation chapter 1. As the, the John tries to explain to us the greatness of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. Behold, He is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So the one who's coming, Jesus, is not only the mighty God, but also the first and the last. And how important 
that is. To understand that under Roman rule that there is a mighty God. And that mighty God is a God of the Christian world, of the entire world. And it wasn't the leaders of Rome. That you could serve God, the one God, and even though you may live and be persecuted and die one day through persecution as a martyr, you will always forever be with the one true God. And what an amazing thought. What an amazing fact. What an amazing uh, bit of encouragement in your life to know that we serve one true God, the only God and Savior of the world, the Almighty God. Revelation 22. Revelation 22. The Almighty God, Jesus, it says in, in, in chapter 1, is coming. Verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. And I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. How important do you think that would have been? Turn to Isaiah 48. If you were standing um, in the midst of persecution and you knew that you were the next martyr, how important would that have been to know that you're serving and you're about to die in sacrifice for the Almighty God? How important would that have been to your soul? to your mind, to give you the courage and the strength to go ahead and allow the Romans to execute you for the cause of Christ. The Alpha and the Omega, the Almighty God. Isaiah 48 and verse 12. Listen to me, O Jacob, even Israel, whom I've called. I am He, I am the first And I am the last. Surely my hand founded the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand together. Isaiah 41 and verse 4. 41 and verse 4. Who has performed and accomplished it, calling forth the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first with the last. I am he. So you're standing in the midst of idolatry. And then Isaiah comes along and says, I want you to understand the difference between this idol God that you made, this statue that you have to take care of, you have to watch over, you have to pick up if it falls down. I want you to understand the difference between a false God and the true living God. And he goes into this this idea, this thought in, in the book of Isaiah over and over again, declaring that God is the Almighty God and the greatness of this Almighty God in whom we serve. Who has, who has performed and accomplished it, calling forth the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first and with the last. I am He. Chapter 44 And verse 6, verse 6, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last and there is no God besides me. How many times have you studied with someone who's read these scriptures and said, you see, Jesus Christ can't be God. 
Because they have a lack of understanding of the connection between the Old and New Testament that teaches us of the greatness of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when was He revealed as a Son? Well, it's in the Scriptures, but He's always God. He's always God, will forever be God, although He is God, the Son, revealed, manifested to us in bodily form. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. So the Godhead, uh, sometimes confusing, consists of three in one, right? One God manifested in three ways. You remember that in Luke, when you read Luke chapter 3, the baptism of Jesus. Jesus Christ is on the earth. The Holy Spirit is suspended between heaven and earth, flying, coming down as a dove. And the fathers in the, in the heavens, if you will, speaking down to mankind, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So we don't want to confuse it. We want to understand that we need to give great glory and honor to Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, verse 4. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the rulers of kings of the earth to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom to priest, or excuse me, a kingdom priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the all Mighty, even those that pierced him. So the Father's never been pierced. So it has to be speaking of Jesus Christ in the context. Has the Father ever been dead and now liveth? Absolutely not. Look at verse 17. Verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. And the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. And so in the context, when you're studying with people who just try to reduce Jesus Christ, stop them. Stop them. And show them Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. Revelation 2 and verse 8. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, the first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this. And he goes on to speak to the churches of Asia, starting with Ephesus and then Smyrna, and then it goes on and on. This morning, as we worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit, Is there reverence in your heart? This morning as we worship the Godhead, are you willing to serve? You know what I love about uh, in the morning when when we come together? You know what it it should look like? What it should look like is that every man who's a member of the body of Christ should be willing to serve. 
what can I do? I mean, we, we should never have what we've had sometimes in the back room where we're trying to find people to replace. Men, we should never have that. We should be willing always and forever to serve the Almighty God. This morning, we've been able to serve Him. You've been able to serve Him this morning. This morning, we have worshipped our God in holy array. And thank God for that opportunity. But brethren, we at men, we got to step up. It should never be a time when we're not willing to serve, to worship our God. And then in our weekly wake, if we live our lives in our weekly days, day-to-day activity, there should never be a time when we're not willing to serve the living God. And you know how this sermon would have gone in the first century? There should never be a time when you're not willing to die for Jesus Christ. Imagine that. You're walking down the street. Or you're in a Bible study. And all of a sudden you hear this. It's the Roman soldiers. They're knocking at your door. And they demand entrance. And they burst through the doors and they find out. They discover that you are Christians. And you're worshiping God. And they tell you. If you're Christians, we're going to kill each and every one of you. Will all the Christians stand up? If you don't believe in the Almighty God, I'm sad to say, there'd be so many Christians who remain seated and refuse to stand. Brethren, we are worshiping the Almighty God. God, there is no other. And when we die, we die to and for Him. This morning, I pray, if there's someone that, maybe you have a special prayer request on your heart. Maybe you would like to repent of your sins because you are in the presence of the Almighty God. Or maybe you're not a Christian and you want to become a Christian. You want to surrender to God in the waters of baptism because you've heard and you've believed and you've repented and in your heart and you've made this change, this transformation in your mind and you now want to serve the Almighty God. And they make a good confession that you believe in this Almighty God. We baptize the immersion water for the remission of your sins. If we can help in any way, please come while together we stand. And sing our song of invitation. I fall to my knees. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak. By the fire in my soul. fire in my heart again. I feel your arms around me as the power of your healing begins. Your spirit moves right through me like a mind rushing wind. Light the fire in my soul. 